here to uh, to host uh, Michael Crampin's funeral, and um, just glad that uh, that for his testimony, he was really touched by uh, the the testimonies and the stories that people shared of of his life. I wish I had met him on this side of eternity, but we will one day. And uh, thankful for the promises of God's word that there's going to be a place prepared for us. And we're glad that we can have a glad reunion then with, with loved ones. And uh, speaking of a little bit of a reunion, I know that the Holowati boys are going to be heading over to Argentina to see their grandparents, and so pray for them. And I think uh, for Greg and Sam, it's their first flight internationally, right? So that's a long way for their first flight, but pray for them. I'm sure they're slightly nervous, if not completely nervous, but... I'm glad that they get to go, and I'm really, really excited for them that they're going to head off. And, um, and Alex, you've flown internationally, right? You're going to have to guide them through that, okay? So just, we'll trust you with them, all right? No, no pressure. And uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of head shaking already, like, really? No, I'm just kidding. But I'm glad that, glad that they get to go, and I pray for them as they head over there and just uh, be a blessing to their grandparents and I'm sure it'll be a, a real time of learning for them as well. Um, but uh, if you could also just pray uh, for a good friend of mine, you know him, Pastor Mansour. Um, he is attending the conference there at Lancaster Baptist Church in, in California. He had a, a, bit, of a bit of chest pains um, during the service, and he had to quickly leave, and they've run some tests. And um, so far, nothing, nothing to suggest that he had any kind of a heart attack, but they're checking for clots and things like that. But pray for him. He's a dear friend, and we're just thinking about him throughout the course of this afternoon um, since I heard. But he's a pastoring there in Sydney, and some of you know him. But just pray for him, if you don't mind, um, as, uh, as they deal with that over there in, in California. But Genesis chapter 6 this evening, and we're going to look at a couple of verses tonight. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that the Bible says about the last days, is it's, it's in comparison to Noah's day. And in Noah's day, it was a, a real time where there was great, great violence and um, there was a great amount of um, just lawlessness in, on the earth. And yet, the Bible tells us about, about Noah, a particular character trait that I want to focus on this evening. And in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9... Notice what the Bible says. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah, Noah walked with God. And I want to talk tonight about that trait that was... We, uh, he was a just man. He was a just man. Uh, we can sometimes look at that word and, and perhaps not really know how to define it. And it's often defined as one someone who's righteous, someone who's conformed to the rules of justice. When we think of the word just, it's really a, a, a synonym of that in the word of God is the word lawful, someone who is lawful. And immediately you ought to think about that when describing the lawlessness of the time when, where Noah lived. For someone to be lawful, it would have been someone that would have had to stand out. And so Noah, indeed, he was someone that stood out amongst the, the, the multitude of the population that was, were unjust and unlawful. 
But another word that describes that is just being conformed to the truth, being molded and shaped by the truth. And we live in a time where really, when we think about it, truth is at a, at a premium, where things are sold to be truth when they're not truth. And we are, if, you, if I were to say, as, as God's people, we are people of truth. And God's word is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so a just man is someone who is molded by, conformed to, the truth. It's someone who is, is shaped by the truth. And I think when we consider where we're at in, in, our, in, in just the, the timeline of things, uh, we ought to desire certain things about our character in, in, in how we're dealing with life. And I think this ought to be one of those that we ought to desire for ourselves and those that, uh, Lord willing, will follow us, is that they would be just. And I'm going to just go through, just a, as we study through that word, um, just describing a just man. And we see that throughout Scripture, the, the just man is spoken about. Or, or is a descriptor of different people, significant people in the Bible. Importantly, God is spoken of this way. He is a just God, according to Isaiah 45, verse 21. And so being just is a de de desirable trait that we ought to strive for. And here's what we learn about someone who's just. And, and if you follow along, you can turn to these scriptures. If not, I'll read them for you, and then you can take note and you can look at it later. But the first one is what we see here in, in, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 where the Bible says again that Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And so the first thing I want to say about a just man is that he walks with God despite great opposition. And if you think about the, the situation again that Noah found himself in, he, he was given a task of preaching righteousness to a lawless people. He was given that task for 120 years. He preached about the flood that was to come and and this thing called rain. And he preached very much to an audience that were against and would mock him. And, and we find, though, that, that Noah, despite all of that, despite the fact that the things that he was standing up for, the things that he was proclaiming was unpopular, despite that, the Bible tells us that this just man walked with God. You know, we live in a time where the things of God are, are being derided, becoming a mockery in our day. He was no doubt constantly mocked and, and disbelieved in his message. And yet we today, as, as God's people, we face a time where Christianity by and large is not a popular thing. And, and we need today those who will be just in this way he, that we... That we have people and, and of all ages that will just walk with God despite great opposition. And we see that Noah was just in, in a generation that was unjust. And I think it's a good contrast to look at the life of Lot. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, a commentary on Lot. And some might say, well, was Lot someone that God viewed as one of his own? And yet the Bible tells us, and delivered just Lot. Not, not speaking about only Lot, just Lot, lawful, vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. And so what we see there, in, uh, sadly for Lot, even though he was just in the sense of 
he was made righteous in the sight of God. What we see, and if you know the story of Lot, is that he surrendered his family. And unfortunately for him, even in, in his position as being just, he, he didn't go and, and the great opposition of the, of the city that he lived in swallowed up his family. It, it, it penetrated into the very, the, the very personalities and the very culture of his family. And it didn't say about Lot that even though he was just, and as in justified, as in made, made right, it didn't say about Lot that he walked with God. And he paid a steep price. But if we're going to be someone who God describes as a just person, then in, the, in this sense, he need, we need to walk with God despite the opposition that we find. So that's the first thing. The next one is in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. So quickly turn there if you can. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. And I'll just, I'll just read that out for you for sake of time. He says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will, he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. Here's the next thing about a just man, someone who's conformed by the, uh, to the truth, someone who is shaped by the truth, is, is this, he grows through godly instruction, and he does so as a learner. So he's saying there, he gives inst- give instruction to a wise man, he'll be wiser, teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. And so here the just man is, is, is akin to the wise man, they're the same person. They're the same person. They're, they're alike in their reception, really, of instruction. How are we when we're receiving godly instruction from the Word of God? You know, part of, part of obviously being formed by the truth is receiving the truth. And one of the greatest abilities that each and every one of us uh, ought to develop and, and would be found in someone who is becoming the just man is just simply being teachable or being the learner. You know, many people, there, there's some, sometimes a presumption of what they know. And, and really the, the crux of it is you might know much, but are you a learner? Someone who's actually learning, someone who's actually receiving that is, is someone that doesn't just know it up here, but is living. will be even wiser. And he's saying that, that the wise man, if you give him instruction, will be even wiser. And he's saying the just man, if you give him instruction, he's going to increase in learning. And so there's this idea that they're constantly growing through the instruction giving, given them through the Word of God. And so being teachable is a trait of a just man. And someone who's willing to be molded by the Word of God as a learner will, will often, obviously, also love truth. And so he, the second character trait of a just man, as we see through Scripture, is that he just grows through godly instruction and does so as a learner. The next thing is this. Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. And notice what the Bible says here. The just man walketh in his integrity. Then notice this. His children are blessed after him. And so the, the third character trait, the, the thing about the just man is this. He he has integrity enough to be followed. And if you think about that, integrity is wholeness, isn't it? It's, it's a consistency of good in private and in public. It's character. He's saying that both, both what he is in private and what he is in public is consistent. And the Bible says the just man walks in his integrity. 
That means his manner of living in, in what is observed of him as he goes through life is consistent. And then the Bible says because of that, his children are blessed after him. And so he has integrity enough to be followed. And a just man is seen as, as just by those closest to him, by those who just observe him in his public life. That he is consistent by those that he just has met versus those who's, who's known him for quite a long time. And he walks in his integrity. He has integrity enough to be followed. And then they see, it's seen that if we follow that just man, it will be a blessing. It would be a help. It'll cause us joy. It'll cause us happiness to be like this one who is a just man walking in his integrity. And so the question tonight is, is how's our integrity? You know, the things that are seen, the things that are unseen, things that only God knows, is that consistent? Is that something that, that if others observed and they wanted to follow you, they'll be blessed in it? He's saying his children will be blessed after him. So that's the next thing. The next one in, in, in our list here is Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20. You can also look at Proverbs 24, verse 16. The Bible just simply says, in, in again, his observation in Ecclesiastes, and, and remember the preacher here, he had, a, he had a dull view of life. He had seen so much, and he had seen so, so much of the, the just the, the inconsistencies of life. And actually, it was the consistencies of life, the things that were apparent. And he looked at it with a dim view, but, but his, the observation in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, for there is not... A just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. He's saying that even the just man is imperfect. Because he's a man, because he's human, he'll still at times make wrong decisions and make mistakes. And yet what the Bible tells us about that just man in Proverbs 24.16, I think is, is applicable here. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. You know, he, he learns from the fact that he is imperfect and he strives to go on. You know, a lot of people who are confronted with the reality of their imperfection, they, they seem to at times resent that and become suddenly uh, absolutely discouraged and suddenly give up on every other facet of life. But the characteristic of a just man here that we're talking about is this, he's able to endure despite his imperfections. He's able to understand that in that moment, as he's humbled before God, that he has fallen, but he's going to rise up again. He's going to get up again. And, you know, sometimes we can look at the scriptures in Scripture and, and immediately think, well, I can never be that because I'm not perfect. The Bible's very clear here, a just man isn't perfect. He will fail. And by the way, it's, it's healthy for a man at times to admit failure. It's healthy for a man to at times recognize when he's failed and own up to it. It's good for us to confess our sins. Why? Because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And sometimes in our own pride and sometimes in our own determination to perhaps keep up appearances, we can just continue on. But the Bible's very clear, there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. 
There's imperfections, and, and what we do with those, though, is that we can't continue to fall. We just need to rise up again, and a just man is perfect. He will fail. He will fall, but what I'm saying is he doesn't stay in his failure. He doesn't just stay in his failure. He gets up. He gets back up. He does something about it. He, he gains the forgiveness as, 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 as we are positionally in Christ. He goes about and he makes amends of the, right, the wrongs that he has done. He gets back up and does something about it. He, he does something that to ensure that he continues to grow, that, that, that this failure isn't permanent, that he's just going to get back up and get going for the Lord. I think C.S. Lewis said it. He says, a Christian is not a man who never goes wrong, but a man is enabled to repent and pick himself up and begin over again after each tumble. Because the Christ life is inside him, repairing him all the time, enabling him to repeat in some degree the kind of voluntary death which Christ himself carried out. And what he was saying there is, is that he just understands that in him, he has the power of Christ, he has the forgiveness of Christ, and he can rise up again, and he can go again. And what, what we find about the just man, he's able to endure despite his imperfections. Here's another one, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 15. He says here, All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. And, and he's observing that, that really the just man is not, not immune to his susceptibilities of life. And he's saying here the, the next lesson we learn is he's susceptible to the happenings he can't control. And, you know, sometimes we have this idea that if we would just achieve some sort of maturity in the, in the faith and we're just maybe in a, the, the very descriptors that we're talking through, that suddenly the things in life will just fall into place and suddenly nothing will go wrong. And, you know, the, only the good get the good. But listen, that, that's not God's way. And many who are described as just in the Bible have faced the most difficult of circumstances. I want to talk about Job. Right? Job is probably the ultimate example of that. And in Job's life, him himself, he said in Job chapter 12, verse 4, I am as one mocked of his neighbor, calleth, who calleth upon God, and he answereth him, the just upright man is laughed to scorn. He was referring to himself. He's saying, I've tried to live justly. The Bible tells us that he was a man that, that feared God and eschewed evil. He, the Bible tells us that he was a, the kind of man that uh, out of the, the, those people that, that, uh, that knew him, they would go to him for counsel. They understood the favor of God in his life. And what we find though is even Job in his calamity, in the things that he was going through, he understood he was now mocked. And here he was, the just upright man is laughed to scorn. And you know, there was a, there was a, a general sense of just understanding that. And what I'm saying is that the just man is so grounded in his relationship with God that he understands that difficulty comes even when we're living right. You might think, well, that's not fair. That's what the preacher thought as well. He said it was all vanity. But the just man rises up again. <laughs> he just keeps going and understanding that he is just, he's not immune. He's also susceptible to those things that he just can't control. And so what we find is the just man is, is grounded in that. But then what we see also 
here, look at, look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Here's a, a character in the Bible we know around, this is the Christmas story, then Joseph, her husband. And notice again, the Bible's descriptor of him being a just man and not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privily. Here's the next thing about the just man. Notice Joseph there. This had, this had the makings of a controversy. This had the makings of forever uh, altering the impression that people had about Mary. He's espoused. He's betrothed. And yet Joseph, because he's a just man, he was, he's not, not willing to make her a public example. And here's the, the point I want to make. A just man is careful to preserve the reputation of others. He, he understands that at times that would have been misunderstood. Deal with it with a bit of wisdom. And he was mindful that Mary was being misunderstood, could have been misunderstood. He could have, she could have been labeled. And he did, he did what he could to keep her reputation. And often being just, at times I think sometimes is seen as someone who is just being harsh. But the truth when you think about it, it's not harsh. It's often mixed and paired with mercy. And so what we find in a, in a person who's just, they're careful to preserve the reputation of others. But then lastly, and really key to this, and I'll just read these verses. You can turn to them later. Acts chapter 10, verse 22. They said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man and one that feareth God, but as well of good report among all the nations of the Jews. Mark chapter 6, verse 20. Referring to John the Baptist, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and unholy, and observed him. And so we see these two characters, Cornelius and then John the Baptist. But then even the Lord Jesus, when Pilate's wife has that dream, says about him, he was a just man. Says, have thou nothing to do with that just man in Matthew 27, verse 19. And here's the point. All of that. We understand, again, they, they were those, John the Baptist, the Lord Jesus himself, and then here Cornelius, a first, uh, a new, uh, first century Christian. They were ones that, that feared God. They, they gave him his rightful place. Jesus surrendered his will to his Father's will. John the Baptist was surrendered to his calling as a forerunner of Christ. He was surrendered to God's plan for his life. And so they were ones who feared God. And we see that, that Cornelius specifically is one that feareth God, but he was a just man. And what I'm saying is, is, is here's the last character trait, is a just man, he fears God, but others see it and know it. There, there's an evident view of that. There, there can't be this following of truth without a fearing of God. There, we can't be conforming and we can't be, be, uh, be being shaped by truth if we don't have a fear of God. And what a fear of God is, it's not just reverential awe, it's an understanding of who He is and who we are. That's what the fear of God is. It's understanding that He is ultimately the sovereign of all, that ultimately He is, he is the, the final authority on anything, and that we are to be subservient to that power. And what we find in the life of Jesus was, even in his darkest hour, he was willing to surrender his life to his father. 
What we find again in John the Baptist is that he, he was born to a certain purpose and he surrendered to that purpose. He feared God. And so because of that, others saw for Herod, he feared John. For Jesus, even when the, the multitude was yelling, crucify him, crucify him, God stood up for him in a dream and, and, and warned Pilate's wife, no, this is a just man that you're crucifying. And we know later on that, that all Pilate does is he just washes his hands like it was nothing. And we understand, again, in the view of God and, and the view of others, and we see in Cornelius that he had a good report among all the nations of the Jews. And what I'm saying is a just man has a testimony before God, and he's concerned about that in a greater way than, than our, his reputation before men. But their reputation before men can often be the favor of their testimony before God. And what it is, is that because of that real, real fearing and, and honoring of who God is, then that's produced a, a real a reality in, in, that is evident as they go about their daily lives. And so he, a just man fears God and others see it and know it. And, and tonight, again, there are many other examples in the Bible we know, let alone God and our Lord Jesus, of, of those who are just. And what I'm saying tonight is it starts with a genuine walk with God. Despite opposition, there's a determination to give God His place. There's a fear of Him. And the result will be a grounding in His truths, an endurance of our own failure, to rise up again and see our journey through. Why? So that others may follow alike. And would to God that we would just desire and then work towards and see God work in our lives so that we can be just. We're just, we've been made just in the sight of the law, in the sight of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we go about, may that be a trait that we live out each and every day. And so, uh, again, appreciate tonight and uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Joel, thanks.